I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Angry Angry Neighborhood Neighborhood Feminist. Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. Welcome back. Welcome back. To a special midday, midweek edition. Yeah. Very strange. Very weird, but I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it. You I know? kind of enjoy this like morning atmosphere. We've got our coffee. We're kind of cozy. It's not super hot in the yeah, closet yet. Yeah, it's not yet. super hot yet. King is in jeans. Which I'm like, girl, you about to burn up. I'm living this, like, I was going to put shorts on, but, you know, living this life where I'm not, like, going to work right now. You have to get dressed. I have to get dressed. Yeah. Or I'm, like, I feel like garbage. Like, yesterday, I I went to the store and I, like, actually put on, like, some jean shorts. Yeah. Um, But 90% of my day was, like, in my pajamas. And I'm, like, I I can't live my life like this. Like, I actually need to put on clothes. Exactly. (laughs) That's what you need to do. Or else your mindset, you get stuck in this, like, sitting around the house doing nothing mindset. Or sometimes even if you're just... Because I feel like when you wear your regular clothes, even if they're comfortable, you're, like, slightly uncomfortable. Like, more so than your pajamas. I feel, like, like, motivated to, like, Right. It makes you do something enough to sit on the couch. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I feel you. I feel you. (sighs) Well, my two stories this week actually kind of run in together. I Um, have two that kind of run in together as well. Sweet. And then I do have one very, very quick one, which is a little bit less sad. (laughs) Okay. Well, my first one is sad. Okay, go Should first. I go first? So there was a shooting in Odessa, Texas. That's West what I Texas have. shooting. So seven were killed, 22 were injured when a gunman opened fire on a 10-mile stretch of highway. He hijacked a U.S. Postal Service van and killed a letter carrier who was a 29-year-old woman. I really wanted to address with this gunman, you know, we're not going to talk about, like, who he was too much. However, I did want to point out that he had previously been denied a gun because he couldn't pass the background check. 
because of a mental health issue. So the gun that he used, which is an um, AR-style rifle, um, that he used in this killing spree was purchased without a background check. So it was purchased through a private seller. So when people like to say how, like, yeah, we need to have background checks, but we should be able to give people guns, um, and we'll make sure that they get stopped if they have mental health problems, the way that it's set up in this country right now, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. Like you can go to a gun show or to any private seller, really, and there are channels, you know, where you can purchase a a weapon. Exactly, So that that is how he was able to uh, purchase this firearm. Apparently, he'd been having, like, a lot of mental health problems for a long time. His neighbors were scared of him. He got fired earlier that day. Do you know what he was, uh, like, what he would be diagnosed with? Like, what kind of... I don't think I feel that's like when been you released. say mental health, it's like it's super broad. I feel right. like usually with things like this, it's things like schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, things like that. I, I know that what, whatever it was, there was a lot of rambling and a lot of like incoherency, so it could be something like that. But yeah. the actual diagnosis hasn't been like released, or if he even has been diagnosed, yeah, I don't know. I mean, both are incredibly dangerous. I have a cousin who had like a four month bipolar manic episode and it was horrifying he was a completely different person they they can be dangerous like it is important to point out that oh no they're not always dangerous (laughs) most of the time people with bipolar or schizophrenia are far more likely to be the victims of violence than to actually perpetrate it themselves however I think he already had some issues and then he got fired earlier that day he was stopped by a Texas Department of Public Safety officer uh-huh. uh, pulled him over because he didn't signal and he that's when it began it he set him sh- off he, he was sh- like I can't deal with one more bad yeah, thing happening so today so he shot at them and then he just started indiscriminately shooting out of his window for, yeah. a, for 10 miles yeah yeah it's insane so the victims the first victim that I want to talk about was the US Postal Server Service driver Mary Grandos, who was 29. She's a letter carrier. She had been on the phone with her sister, Rosie, when it happened. And Rosie was just like, you know, you know when you're on the other side of the phone and someone's like having a really hard time and you just wish that you could like help them? Mm -hmm. It's this times like a million. Yeah, I was telling a story for My Worst Date where it was, um, you remember like last year or a couple, yeah, I think it was last year where that girl was murdered on campus in Utah her mom was talking to her oh, on the yes. phone when she was attacked. Ugh. And, like, I can't even imagine, like, nope. you hearing that, like, that being the last thing yeah. that you hear. Yeah, you know? and not being able to do anything about it. She loved to travel with her boyfriend, and a former colleague actually created a GoFundMe for her funeral. Uh, another victim was Layla Hernandez. She was 15. She just had her quinceanera three months ago. It's so sad. And she also loved to play basketball. The photo that I saw of her, she's in this, like, beautiful, like, emerald green dress. She has this beautiful, like, headpiece on for her quinceanera. She looks so beautiful. Uh, she was with her brother as he collected keys to a truck he'd saved for. She was also with her mother, her mother's boyfriend, and her nine-year-old brother when this happened. Joseph Griffith was 40. He was driving with his wife and two children. There's also a GoFundMe for Joseph, and he was a math teacher. I mean, anytime things like this happen, you know, you see the number of, like, GoFundMes that go up because you just cannot prepare yourself no. for something like this. It's not and this like, is expensive, too. And it's, it's so expensive. It's an, And again, you know, we, before we started recording, we're just talking about what it's like to live paycheck to paycheck yeah. and how a lot of Americans live that way. Yeah. And imagine the most traumatic moment of your life also on not top of that. Not having money. Also, yeah, on top to of like that. To, like, give 
a proper memorial to your loved mm-hmm. one. Which it's is going to cost tens of thousands of dollars. Ugh, yeah. It's too expensive to die, guys. If I die, like, today... I don't need a... Just remember me. I don't know. (laughs) Edwin Peregrino was in his parents' home, and his sister remembers how dependable he was. Cameron Brown was a veteran, and he was, like, a very decorated veteran as well. He fought from 2007 to 2010, I believe. He was known as the class clown. He was shot through his truck window. Rodolfo Acro was 57. He was known as Rudy. He moved his family from Las Vegas to Odessa, Texas after the Las Vegas mass shooting in 2017 in hopes of safety, which is just heartbreaking. He'd been married 20 years, and he had three daughters aged 3, 6, and 23. The last victim was Raul Garcia. He was 35. He was a truck driver. He was heading home to his wife and four kids. His wife, Perla, said her son told her, Mom, now he'll be a truck driver in heaven. Oh, my God. It is heartbreaking. So on that same kind of topic, I want to talk a bit about Beto O'Rourke. Sure. I mean, I do want to address that. Yeah. The gunman did kill seven people. So those were seven names that were yeah. listed. However, he wounded 25 more people. So oh, in I thought addition, it was 22. 25 oh, wow. is, is what I got from USA Today. So he um, wounded 25 additional people in addition to the seven that were killed, including, I think, a nine-month-old. Shot a <laughs> nine-month-old um, who's recovering. Oh, but yes. The, y- the young girl. I thought I said, maybe this is an older girl. I remember seeing an article about, like, a oh, toddler you're, you're girl. Oh, right, you're right, you're right. A 17-month-old girl was also yeah. wounded, and her family was saying that, uh, thank you all for praying, this is all our worst nightmare, but thank God she's alive and relatively well. Uh, she goes on to say, toddlers are funny because they can get shot and still want to run around and play. Oh. So she keeps trying to, like, get up. Yeah, she's like, I don't want to be stuck in bed anymore, Mom. Yeah. I want to play. Yeah. So... Beto has recently been traveling around the country calling for gun control. And when a reporter asked how he would assure lawful gun own, uh, lawful gun owners who are afraid their guns are going to be taken away, he says, So I want to be really clear that that's exactly what we're going to do. <laughs> Americans who own AR-15s and AK-47s will have to sell them to the government. He is the only Democratic candidate who is calling for mandatory assault weapon buybacks. This finally gives Beto a clear message and stance alongside his fellow candidates. He says he's always been willing to talk about politically unpopular stances that he's believed in. He says America has a, quote, fucked up acceptance of mass shootings. I love him. He just, like, drops the F-bomb all the time, and it's funny to me. Yeah, he's found his niche. Yeah. (laughs) And it is being And that is the (laughs) F-word. He was also asked why he wasn't abandoning his presidential campaign to run for the Senate seat in Texas. He says, I'm running for president. And that's his whole response. I'm running for president. I don't know how I feel about that. To be honest, I, I, admire, I don't. I admire it. I don't know if I do because because here's the thing. I love that he's being really open and honest about what uh, he's being truthful. He's not afraid to say like, no, we absolutely don't think that um, that you know individuals should own AR style weapons. However, I believe that the good that he could do as a senator yeah. in Texas outweighs the likelihood of him becoming president. So he's going to spend all of this time running for president. He's going to lose that Senate seat probably to a Republican. They're going to lose, we're going to lose Texas. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he's probably not going to win this election. I don't, I don't know. I I don't don't think think so. I don't think he's going to win at this point either, but there's also like, I feel like he's finally kind of getting his like groove a bit and I can see his like, his uh, drive 
in it and I understand it and I admire it. I admire that, but what about the greater good? I know, I know. But I think that, that I think he still has the greater good in mind. I think he's really hoping that with this groove that he's on right now, he's going to all the red estates. He's really working hard to make sure that what he's talking about is getting out there. And honestly, I think that what he's saying right now can appeal to a lot of Democrats. It's it's well, it's going to appeal to a lot of young progressives like you and I. What it's not going to appeal to are um, old-school Democrats who have taken money from the NRA in the past. Yeah. Um, And it's not going to appeal to... There are a lot of people that I know who I don't even think are highly, highly conservative people Uh who will not vote for somebody who says they're going to take their guns away. Even though, to me, it makes sense. Like, it's an AR-style weapon, of course. Like, I'm pro-take that away. I mean, even Ronald Reagan said that, like, years ago. I'm telling you, like... I still have people on my Facebook page I right know. now who are not even like the the reddest of the right wing. Right. You know what I mean? Who the second you say anything about the Second Amendment, they'll they won't vote. They might vote for another Democratic candidate, but they will yeah. not vote for him. So he's gonna <sighs> split this vote. Whereas like if he stayed in Texas, yeah. he has a really, really good chance of winning that Senate seat. And it doesn't yeah. mean that he's so young. It doesn't mean you can't run for president again later. Right. It doesn't mean that you can't be considered for another office or cabinet position. Do you know what right. I mean? But like and it's fine with me that he wants to stay in it, but yeah. But you're I, trying I want, to give the greater good. And of I the want good he could do elsewhere. I want a better answer than I'm running for president. I want you to tell me why you yeah. think that's a better idea than. I think that's great. I'm gonna, you know what? I'm gonna keep tabs on that. I'm gonna see what else he's because he's kind of going and he's traveling around right now. So I want to see what some of his other answers are. Um, I like Beto. I just. And, and maybe it's my own defeatist attitude. He could rise from the ashes. He did an incredible thing in Texas where yeah. no one thought he could do. Yeah. Um, but at this point, I think it's going to be really, really hard to match the numbers of, like, Warren or Biden at yeah. this point. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm very excited for the next debate. I'm excited to see what's going to come from that. He still, I think he still has a chance to pull out and work for a Senate seat. Maybe down the line he will do that. I don't know. I'm... I, this just excites me. Like, it's yeah. one of those things, like, I don't know what's going to happen and what's going to come out of He's it, but the ex- fact that we have a politician yes. who's, like, not afraid to say those things and to be controversial and to make people angry, like, I really respect he, that. Ex- he is extremely... Um, he resonates a lot with people like you and I. Yeah. And that will do him well. Like, well, he, also he think will... about how many new voters there are Absolutely. who grew, you know... But to me, that almost think, that almost makes me feel like... And if this is his strategy, then I, I'd be pro this. Because if this is his strategy, if his strategy is stay in the political, uh, stay in the presidential race for as long as possible, stir up as much shit as possible, say everything that you want to say, because also it will encourage other presidential candidates to have to combat mm-hmm. that, which I think would be good to see. Exactly. And it will get young people, our generation, Gen Z, people who would be voting in the next presidential election, really excited. And yeah. then right before the deadline to run for Senate, then <laughs> get out. And then come back the next time and run for president again because you've energized a really young base and you might have a good chance of winning yeah. president the presidency I just in the really, future. I just really love him. I love him too. I think, you know, I do think it's refreshing. I think it's what we need. Yeah. And I'm very pro 
I am absolutely pro, yeah, take your fucking ARs away. Yeah. Like, you don't need them. No. At all. It's not a sporting weapon. What no. do you fucking need them for? And I And I do admire that he's willing to just come out and say, like, I'm not going to, like, play footsie with the NRA and, like, yeah. play nice and just tell you, like, what you want to hear. Yeah. We want to take your fucking guns away. It's, That's what we want to do. It's so weird. Max told me that he's seen two cars in the last couple of days with NRA, NRA stickers on them in L.A. He's yeah. like, do you know mm-hmm. who you fucking are? Are you so uncomfortable living here? <laughs> I saw somebody... At, um, at, when I was dropping my brother off at the Burbank airport who had a shirt that said that had the American flag on it and said like if this uh, makes you uncomfortable I'll escort you out of the country or something like that and I mean we're in California I think people are getting like we're going to see more and more and more of this as the election becomes closer like yeah. people really like their hackles are getting raised. We see your true colors Yeah, yeah and people are getting I think people on both sides are getting like scared like they're getting like nervous Uh um so i have one more thing that is kind of related to this topic and that is that earlier this week um on tuesday so i guess yesterday gosh yeah we're recording on a wednesday um so yesterday walmart announced that it will reduce its gun and ammunition sales it said that it's going to end all handgun ammunition sales and also ask customers not to carry guns into the store. Oh, good! So, that's good. Um, They've been trying to kind of figure out what to do after the El Paso shooting, and then, Mm -hmm. of course, in my hometown of Springfield, Missouri, somebody carried a gun into a Walmart uh, to, quote, prove a point, which is some bullshit privilege nonsense. Yeah. Because if that had been a person of color, they would have been shot on Ooh, sight. Are you yes. kidding me? Done. You went into a public place with a loaded uh, rifle. So they'd been trying to figure out how to respond to this, and they initially <laughs> they initially got rid of all of their violent video game displays. Yeah. Because like that was that's that the was problem. the problem. But they continued to sell firearms and continued to have like firearm displays. Yeah. And people were pissed about it. So I do believe... But video games are the problem. Yes. 100%. We need to get rid of violent video games. So they are reducing all gun and ammunition sales um, in general, and I believe that they are going to end all handgun ammunition sales, okay. period. Um, I think they're also going to be reducing or eliminating the number of displays that they have just out yeah, in the open. Yeah, I just can't get behind Walmart. I've been to a Walmart should you. a couple times in my life. I just don't... I, I mean, okay. I... It's kind of hard because, like, we live in California, and, like, there are... And especially Southern California, there really aren't a lot of Walmarts. Well, that's, like, where I'm from, it's the land of Target. You and know, we never used Walmarts. Where really. I'm from, and I think in a lot of places, it's Walmart. Like, yeah. everybody goes to Walmart. Um, that is, like, the place to go. Right. Walmart is an incredibly predatory corporation. Like, they are not good to their employees, um, and in many ways, it's very predatory. But I also think we can't just tell people to stop going to Walmart. I mean, we can, and some people have. We can encourage it, but also if there's... If that's where you need to go to get what you need, and that's your only option... Right, right. I'm such a hypocrite when it comes to, like eating at different, like, food chains that are bad. Like, I don't go there very often, but I fucking love Jimmy John's. And their owner is a piece of shit. Yeah, I mean, and there is also this idea of, like, we really glom on to certain things, like Chick-fil-A or Jimmy John's or whatever, and that's not that that's a wrong thing to do. Right. However, like, that's 
everything. Yeah. And in or if we were going to cut the Big poison, corporations, they're yeah. All fucked up. If we were going to cut the poison out of our lives, we would need to stop shopping at fast fashion. We would need to get rid of our iPhones. Yeah. You know, we we everything is That's a problem. What I love about where my mom lives. It's all like locally owned stores and clothing and food and everything like I right really but i mean cool. like you can't use amazon you yeah. can't like all of these corporations By the way, are fuck amazon we need to have a whole episode about how fucked up amazon is oh, they're gonna come for us bezos is gonna come for us i don't fucking care okay. fucking come at me all right um but but yeah i mean so it's one of those things where it's just like yeah walmart is fucked up but so is everything yeah like, everything is fucked up not that that means that <laughs> We should give in to it, or Everything you know what I'm saying. Everything is fucked up. Um, That's what they should have done in the Lego movie. <laughs> Everything is fucked up. But it is great. I mean, honestly, this is a step in the right direction. It sucks Agreed. that like it, like Walmart was pushed to this <laughs> point, yeah. um, because of just people being like loud and upset about it. Right. But it is net positive happening. in general that it is a thing that is happening. Oy Okay, so I actually just saw this before I came here, and I was like, I need to at least mention this. So Scarlett Johansson is basically, like, backing up uh, Woody Allen. I almost said Woody Oh, my Harrelson. fucking God. I when know. When will she learn to shut up? I don't know. Like, she's becoming more problematic as the days go on. She goes... I love Woody, Johansson told The Hollywood Reporter in an interview published on Wednesday. I believe him, and I would work with him anytime. Oh, my God. She goes, I see Woody where, whenever I can, and I've had a lot of conversations with him about it. I've been very direct with him, and he's very direct with me. He maintains his innocence, and I believe him. And I'm just like, I... I, I really get the sense that Scarlett Johansson doesn't know when to stop talking. Yeah. And, like... Her poor publicist must just be like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, shut uh, the fuck up. But then up. at the same time, she's like, it's hard because it's a time where people are very fired up and understandably. Things need to be stirred up. And so people have a lot of passion and a lot of strong feelings and are angry and rightfully so. Well, then why are you fucking backing up a known child molester? I don't understand. I mean, that, are you going to say next that Roman Polanski was actually an okay guy? That like, is very, like, people <gasps> get very divided about Woody Allen. Like, for some reason. Fucking how? I don't know. I mean, because people will be like, Mia Farrow poisoned this child to say these things about him, et cetera, et cetera. But the daughter has always maintained that that is what happened to her. Mm -hmm. So um, I don't understand. I don't understand. Like, who are you going to believe? The, the daughter who has been scorned and talked about this and been vulnerable and has been come after for years and years and years? Right. Or the guy who has a lot to gain by or a lot to innocence. lose, or a lot to lose by you know, not. Yeah. You know what I why mean? would like, she's like? Did you do this? He's not going to be like, yep. Yeah. He can't do that. He has so much to lose by saying that, and so he's of course he's going to say he didn't do it. Because, and, the whole and I situation, think he has to believe that too because he knows that in order to have any semblance of a career, he has to say he's innocent. You know what I mean? Of course. Yeah. <sighs> of course. I mean, and it's just fuck that guy super the th whole thing with his wife too is super weird and i don't know wasn't it his adopted daughter yeah with mia farrow i don't like it no <laughs> no 
It's not my favorite thing. I don't like it. <laughs> uh, at all. I almost sang another song, but I think that's enough. <laughs> that's enough singing <laughs> That's for enough today. singing from Madigan in one day. <laughs> so this is kind of a bittersweet thing, um, but I think that it's something really important to talk about. This is, for us, breaking news. This happened like an hour ago that this just was released on NBC. Oh, uh, the woman who was sexually assaulted by ex-Stanford University swimmer Brock Turner uh, and read her powerful statement at his sentencing yeah. has revealed her identity. <gasps> Chanel Miller, known for years as Emily Doe, is sharing her story in an upcoming memoir, Know My Name. <gasps> Many people were enraged when Turner was sentenced to only six months in jail in 2016 after his conviction for felony sexual assault. Her memoir is slated to be released on September 24th. Of this year? Of this year. So this <gasps> month, in a couple of weeks. So, Buying it. Yeah, yeah. So I just kind of wanted to give her a shout-out. She um, ha- is so brave. Oh, my God. She, and we always knew that she was. Like, her like her impact statement that she gave was, was so oh my profound and powerful and I think helped a lot of victims of sexual assault. Yeah. Um, so we always knew she was brave. But yeah. now she's re- really willing she's to, like, come out and level. say, this is me. This is who I am. This happened to me. I was at the center of this, like... I'm a real person. I'm not just mm-hmm. a Jane Doe, basically. Yeah, so yeah. so Know My Name comes out on September 24th. <sighs> yeah, awesome. Girl. Yeah. Fucking congratulations. Honestly, and I hope her all the success. Me I hope that too. she's managed to find some healing you and know, I like that the story then is like going to be brought back into the media. I hope, and like more people are going to be. I hope there's like a book tour and she's talking to people about it. And, and like, from her perspective, too. yes, because she like this is exactly what we were just talking about with Woody Allen's daughter. When people try and say that these women, particularly, but also all victims of sexual assault, that they come forward for attention or fame or whatever, I really am ready to hear her side because. I am so sure that she experienced so much, like... I know she got, like, death threats. She was being, like, ridiculed constantly. Do you really want to be known for that? Do you really want to put yourself... That's why people don't come forward. It wasn't an easy road for her. It's it's not like she would have made up this story because she wanted this kind of attention. No. You know, so it's going to be good that this story is not only being brought back out into the public spotlight, but is also from her perspective. Uh I think that's so important. Exactly. Wow. I'm <sighs> proud of her. All right, you guys, that is everything we have for you today. If you have any comments about this episode, if you have any episode suggestions, sister solidarity stories, any sort of messages you'd like to send to us, go ahead and email us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com. Also, go ahead and find us on Instagram at Angry Neighborhood Feminist. You can follow us and direct message us there. We have a Twitter that we sometimes use at Yamp Podcast, Y-A-N-F Podcast. We also have a Facebook group and business page. Chat with your fellow ragers in the group and rate and review us on our business page. We love it so much. We love it even more when you rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. If you haven't already, go ahead and listen to us on Radio Public. It is a free way for you to listen. Helps us out just a little bit. Like I said, that's all we have for you today. With all that being said, we encourage you to rage on. Bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. 
Well, if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.